So here we go, guys. It's our first sit down with the new show, Hootie Social Club. And uh, we're going to be going in some different directions. We're still going to be sticking around with the Coles and Ultra stuff, but we're going to be doing a lot of other things as well. We're going to widen, widen everything. We're going to be bringing you some good stuff, business, uh, professionals, and different types of work. Uh, just not Coles and Ultra, but don't worry. We will not get off topic. Hootie will always be in the know on the Coles and Ultra end. And uh, with that said, we're at our uh, social club now, and we got a very special guest today. Her name is Natalie Rostoga. And believe me, you're going to love this lady. She's an award-winning author, a journalist, very, 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 very big popular figure in her own area in Canada. She's a big public figure there. Um, she's very big here as well. Uh, she's bestsellers list for her books, uh, business. Uh, there's not enough things that I can say about her that she's not going to be able to tell you on her own. So without further ado, Miss Natalie, welcome to Hootie Social Club. Thank oh, you thank you. Me. I'm like, you're saying this, these things about that. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing to hear those words, you know, because when somebody says to you, it's not about arrogance. It's about, yes, confidence. They know it, you know? <laughs> well, when you had me on your show and I learned a little bit more about you, I was very intrigued by, I mean, you could see I've had uh, Sonova on my show. She's another great, you know, personality, public figure, um, just like you, motivational coach, speaker. And I just, I, I love to bring this to people's attention that what you are doing and their daughters can do this. This is what I love to put women like you up front. So people know that this is what their daughters can become. They don't have to rely on the old school where a man is taking care of them, that you can just grab life and do what you want with it. And that's why I'm so happy that you're my first guest on my new platform. Thank you. I'm so honored, Anthony Russo. And I want to congratulate you for your um resilience and i want to congratulate you for putting out there this idea that a man is just promoting ideas of women which is very challenging we don't see it nowadays because we just talk about stuff which is related to race which is related to politics but like men embracing ideas of women we just see it hardly you know and uh, especially when it comes to competing because uh, me uh, if I'm going to say successful, it depends from which angle I see things. And me, I'm not a mother, but I'm a mother to each and every girl out there. And if, I, if I'm going to tell you, go ahead and follow your dreams, I don't say like that. Because there is a big difference between having dreams and having goals in your life. Because everybody can dream. You can sit back and, you know, but you can just, when you have a goal, a lot of challenges going to come in your way. And we see a lot of people that they motivate others. And it's amazing when I see people on stage, they say, yes, go for your dream. It's amazing. At that moment, you feel all, all the emotions are high. But when you go out from there, what happens? Everything like, just like that, you snap and you come back to reality. And you see that it's not that easy. And people think that, it's a heroic deed to be there and telling people just to follow your dream. But with every dream, there's a challenge because that dream has to become a goal. Otherwise, it will stay a dream. Just like when we wake up, one is daytime, one is nighttime. I was born in Lebanon. I never had the chance of being a person that uh, others wanted to be here because I was never appreciated because I had a very big problem with my accent because I'm Armenian. 
My name is Natalie Restokian, and my and mother tongue. So they, so they understand you, you were born in Lebanon. Yes, I was born yes. in Lebanon in Middle East. Make sure that you let yes. them know yeah. that. And and and, and the Arab world. Woman, how much harder it is being a woman yeah. born in Lebanon. Oh, yeah, it is. It is very different, and it's very very challenging when you are born in a place in the mid in Middle East in Arab world in Lebanon when they look at women like. Like, okay, you can be pretty, you can be cute, you can be nice, you can be, you can be anything, but just shut up. Don't talk because you're a woman. And, and the thing is like, okay, what do you have to offer to me? And a lot of things comes with, when a goal is coming for you, men are always there to follow us and to try to grab what we have. Like, you know, but let him speak, why? And it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with society. It has something to do with the taboos that the men manipulate us and have been doing since the beginning of time till today. And it's like, okay, now it's branding women empowerment. No, it's not because it's a pain and it's a huge pain and it concerns me. Like I am the first woman who had a TV show over there and decided to write about my own taboos because they use this social, sexual, religious things against us and they manipulate us. And how can you rise and overcome this? You cannot. All you have to do is be quiet because we're so scared. We're like, okay, what if somebody made a pass at me? What am I gonna do? Uh, you cannot go to your parents. What if somebody raped me? I, I went through that. And I was like, I had to be quiet. I was scared. I was ashamed. You know why? Because when you do something, there are a lot of things against you more than with you. So to become a successful businesswoman in your life, to become a successful, I don't know, whatever your goal is, First of all, you have to face your own demons. You have to know that, you know what? Even if I'm standing alone in front of hundreds and thousands of people who are against me and nobody's gonna encourage me, even my own parents or family, they're not gonna understand me. I have to stand there and you might cry. You might break down, but it's okay. You will stand up again. I did. I'm no stronger than you. I found my power in my weakness. I cried. I was so scared. I was so angry. But guess what happened? Nothing happened. I made it happen. I cried again and again and again. And then like, okay, I cried. I cried. I cried. What do I have to do? I put all my energy in writing. And not because I'm the best writer in the world, but because I lived a life different than other women. I saw civil war. I went through uh, rape. I went through sexual assault, physical assault. Why? Because some of them I chose to because I wanted to be like a public figure in Lebanon and speak Arabic. And that was another challenge because there, when you have an accent, excuse me, you cannot be on TV. It's hard because I have an accent, my Arabic is my third language. And English is my fourth language. French is my fifth language. So it's like, with your accent, no man, out. It was hard. And to pronunciate the words, to articulate them was hard for me. I said, I'm gonna do it. Not because I'm better, because the challenge of me 
having to do this made me so angry against what is coming towards me that made me strong. Again, that's my pain. Again, that's my weakness. So it's not your power that makes you strong. It's your weakness that makes you strong because in your weakness, you realize everything is coming live, you know, alive. I mean, your, your emotions, uh, you're alert, you're there. So I was like, okay, I get a divorce. So I got a divorce because after some time, I went through so many things in my life, Anthony, like uh, painful things that I became such an evil person, rude. And I forgot two most important things that makes me better than anybody else. Kindness and gratitude. I had none of them. I did not have neither gratitude nor kindness because I was in a dark place. And this is why I wanted you to be my first guest. Your resilience, your humble, your moxie. And I appreciate that about you. And I didn't know this about you until you interviewed me. And I love your story and it's so inspiring. And I want you to tell the people how you did it and how you well, recreated yourself after your second marriage. Well, when I came here, I left everything behind in Lebanon because I had to choose. I had on one side, my fame, my power, money. I had a driver, whatever. I had a life that I always wanted to have oh, on the screen and think it's good. It, it was amazing to be on the screen and having fans and everything. But I missed something. I was totally ruined from inside. So I meet this guy. I fall in love with this guy. I'm already married to somebody else. And it's a sin. I mean, being with someone else. And I take him as my lover. And this person like, okay, I'm your lover, but I want to marry you. But uh, I'm like, okay, and there's another sin. But we make mistakes, we're humans, right? Nobody's perfect. So he saw me, but he didn't even know that I'm on TV. And he's from Canada and we met in Los Angeles. It was a one night stand. And for me, it was like, okay, because I was in such a dark place in my life. Like, okay, I can do this one night stand. At the same time, there was another person in my life who was so powerful, but he was supporting me and like people say, I do it on my own. Honestly, I give them high five. Good for them. Amazing. But talent, education, persistence, not enough. At least for me. I'm strong enough, courageous enough to accept it. I'm not judging anybody. I'm not putting out their assumptions. I respect everybody. But I was never born with a golden spoon in my, in my mouth. And I was born somewhere Well, they say, oh, you're Armenian, you have an accent. Uh, yeah, because my grandpa is a genocide survivor from the Armenian First World War. And that uh, pain is also in me. Like my parents, oh, you have to be Armenian, you have to stay. And this guy is not even Armenian. So I had to leave everything behind. In order to do it, I had to let go everything. To have a fast divorce, I had to give up everything. Because it's like, I'm doing things from my point of view, how I decide to do. So I became a Syrian. In three days, I got a divorce and getting married to my second lover by other lover and leaving everything. Because hey, you might get people a little confused here. You had somebody that was powerful, you had somebody that was your husband, and then you had your one night stand. Which one yeah. did you wind up marrying? Yeah, and, and that guy, I just like, I said to my driver, you know, the second, the second phone, leave it with you. 
Don't no, never open it because <laughs> the other one. And that guy goes to my parents' restaurant. He's like, and and my my mom calls me. She's like, these cars and bodyguards are in front of our small tiny restaurant. What the hell are they doing here? I'm like, I don't know. She says, don't lie to me. I'm like, I don't know because I I, I couldn't face her. You know, <laughs> like this guy goes there and he's like, she's like, I look at him. May his soul rest in peace. He looks just like your grandpa. I'm like, what? Because he's very old in age, but he has other things with the baggage, you know? He takes care of me. And he suddenly I disappear out of nowhere. He only sees me on TV because I decide to go with my new lover, the one night stand. And this person says to me, You have this life. Why do you want to be with me? And the thing is that we come out on screens and when we tell about our glories, don't talk about your glories. Talk about your dark sides. Talk about your pain. Talk about your shame. Talk about the things and start judging yourself that how did you go through that to solve and to succeed, which you call inner peace. Because if you don't do that, everybody will think that they are Cinderella's and they are godmothers who are going to come with their magic wands. There are no godmothers out there, none. And we are no Cinderella's. Nobody's coming for you. You have to be there for yourself. You have to pay the prices. I paid a lot of prices. I went through a lot of things. And my redemption was this guy. He said to me, I have nothing to give you. He said, I have no education. I'm not Armenian. I'm Lebanese, but I was, I, I was raised in Canada. You have to come with me. And this guy, like people are coming to take pictures of him like when you go and you see like photos even my wedding was in the magazines like this guy he doesn't know how to connect with the Spotlight. social media he's like i want to be with my jeans i'm from canada what the hell i'm like you have to smile to the cameras it's like the movie melting hills like he says why do they want to say hi to me i'm like i'm like just give it a break it's like this i don't like this life i said okay you stay here we stay here he says no 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 you have to come with me to canada so I had to give up everything. So love, love. You gave it all up for love. I gave it all up that, for love. That's because, a great thing. And, and, and the thing is that you are now interviewing me. And last night was my wedding anniversary. Congratulations. And, and, and you know what? I want to say to you women out there and girls that I see you as my daughters, as my sisters. It's amazing to be strong. Now that it's branding empowerment women, it's not about successful business, having a desk and a table and office. Your power is your inner peace. Your power is to be courageous. Is power, your power is to be happy with what you have and not to compare yourself with someone, someone else. I came here and I was so excited. Okay, I'm gonna have a new life. I'm gonna learn how to cook. I don't have someone to cook for me. I don't want someone to clean for me, but I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna have babies. I'm gonna hug them. Guess what? It didn't happen. And the next thing I know, this guy, he said like, oh my God, I didn't even know that we cannot have children. So I was deprived of motherhood because the first time I was so selfish going after my dreams, being on television in Lebanon Arab world, waving to people and giving a lot from my soul, physically, spiritually. 
in each and every way that I wasn't raised so, that now that I want to have this life that everybody easily can have, Anthony, I had none of it. Like, okay, the first in vitro didn't work. Second in vitro didn't work. Third in vitro didn't work. Fourth in vitro didn't work. And, and the doctor said, you know what? He can't have children, this guy. And he didn't even know. And I didn't know. And I was like, okay, I left everything behind. I'm here. So in the in middle of nowhere, we're sleeping on the floor with a, with a place that he got. And he has been his, here his whole life. And the, he was so crushed more than me. I'm like, seriously, you're playing jokes with me? Whoever you are up there. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I mean, seriously, what the hell? I'm getting a get, second chance of redemption. So I was like, all right, chill. You have to do something about it. But I couldn't do something about it. All I had to do was sit home and cry for days. And I couldn't talk to anyone. And I'm saying this for you that because it's okay to cry. It's okay to leave the pain. If you just push it down, it's going to come back and haunt you. So I cried. I started feeling like, oh my God, these people have children and I don't. And I'm never going to be a mother. And I cried day one, day two, day three. And he came to me and he said, you know what? I told you I have nothing except my heart to offer you. I'm so sorry. I didn't know I cannot have children. I said, okay, let's go for adoption. So number one, he wasn't qualified financially to adopt. And second, he said, I cannot adopt somebody else's child. So it's okay. You can go ahead and divorce me. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, wait a second. Ready for everything. But this, this is too much. So I said, I have to bring the old Natalie back without the baggage of how I was there and do what? Stand up. Stand up. Why? Because I'm strong. No, because if I don't stand up, nobody's going to hold me to stand up. I have to stand up. And this is something happens to a lot of women. It's not me. This is not because I was celebrity over there. No, because... Because a lot of women like, oh, it's nature. Didn't give me children. Fine. It didn't. So what do we do? We cry our whole lives. And what I did is, okay, now I'm going to do something else. What? Go and study. And I went to my second degree here. I got health and nursing degree. And guess what? Again, the doors closed. You know why? Because like, oh, you have to do the exam in French but I never studied French in Lebanon, so I don't know. I'm from an Armenian school that studied Arabic, English, and Armenian. So I got the degree, but I couldn't work in Quebec, and my husband doesn't want to move from Quebec. So thank you, Nidal, for giving me this chance. I said nothing. I said, it's okay. And that degree, I put aside. And then in the end, another hit comes, like, okay, now you have to pay back to the government. Nidal, like, what, what did you sign? I say, I don't know. Uh, there were papers I signed. And I do the stages and everything. And when I went to there to start studying, I want to tell you this also, I forgot. A lot of people who already knew about me because they were saying, oh, she's coming to school. Like, oh, she has silicon lips and Hollywood smile feet. My doctor said, you know, I told day one that you were legally blonde. I have never been the legally blonde. I have always been the dork at school. I have been bullied. 
boys laughed at me at school. Nobody wanted to be my boyfriend. And I was like, and she said that after she saw my first grade, that it was like 95 over 100. I said, no, I'm not like that. I study very hard. And I got a degree and I put the papers in my toilet. The first thing when you wake up, where do you go? Toilet. So I put there everything I have to study for the exam. Why I did that? I did that because I wanted to get my mind on something else than the pain. Okay, I have to leave the pain. I live, solution, do something. And got the degree, do the stages in hospitals and finished. And then I decided like, okay, one day I'm sitting down. Why am I sad? I was writing down and there's another another sentence coming after that, another sentence coming after that, another sentence. And the next thing I see, it was 600 pages. And then I said, I can publish it. I'm like, no, I cannot publish. I cannot let the world know about me. And then I said, why not? And I asked my husband, I said, you know, Nidal, you know everything about me, being my lover and, and everything. Do you have a problem if I publish my novel? He says, yeah. I say, okay, I'm going to publish my novel. I don't even know how to publish a novel. I don't know where to go. I don't know how they do it. So what I do is I ask his cousin's children, I mean, their teenage years, like, oh, how can you publish a book? They say, let, let us check on Google. And they checked on Google, like, oh, what is indie publishing? It's like something related to India? Independent, free, nobody judges me? I don't know. And I want to, like, I was like, these are the, these are the kind of pens from dollar, one dollar that I use all the time till today. This is, I was writing and, and they, and I went to publishing companies calling them and then saying, oh, do you have a literary agent? What is literary agent? I go and I Google the word <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, but I want to publish with you. So next thing I did is like, I want to publish and I want an editor. They said that, do you have an editor? So I write down the words that they're asking me. I don't know what it is. And I'm doing this in the basement. Mm -hmm. So uh, I go to editors, Canada, and A, B, C, D, D. Uh, okay, David. Oh, this is from the Old Testament. David, Solomon. I related. Like, okay, I'm going to try this person. I swear to God. And I called them. I said, your name is David Antrobus. I'm going to send you a, a, a chapter. You edit it. He says, okay, I will. He said, you are at the right timing now because I have nothing else to do. Wow. No, the funny part comes here. He says, I will edit it and send it back to you. So I opened the email and there is a paper and this paper, everything is read on it. What the hell I'm gonna do? I don't know how to do it. I had people doing things for me over there. Mm -hmm. How do I fix the red ones? I called in a the red ones. I like that. That's, that's actually a pretty good line. I like that. What do I do? I, I called him, David, there are red ones on the email. He says, what's red ones? He says, I say red ones, red ones, red ones. He says, oh, the ones I edited. I said, yeah, 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 whatever you call it. He says, yeah, you have to go review, click. I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I had to write it down how to correct it because I was writing my fourth language and I had to publish it. How many people do you speak so everybody knows? I speak five languages, but my fifth language is French, but 
it's not good. But the four languages, I speak Armenian, I speak Turkish because my family came, grandpa came from uh, old Armenia, which is now under the Turks, Kiligia, uh, the, uh, the place. So they spoke Turkish together, not, they say, to learn the language. And that's how I was raised. They say, oh, the language of the enemy. What? What is that? Yeah. Imagine, yeah, because because to click the mindset of people to learn and to realize, and it's it's, it's so like so many things like in your head, you know. And my third language is Arabic, and my fourth language is English, and my fifth language that je parle pas très bien, it's French, but I like it. It's so sexy. You do it pretty good, even though you say you don't speak it well. When I hear yeah, in Arabic, for example, Arabic it's very hard. Oh, I don't. I heard I you. A lot of accents. I even read the Quran. I don't mean to cut you off. You sent me a video of you screaming in Arabic. That's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, you scared me a little bit. I got to say that. I mean, you scared me a little bit there. The French, you got I real know. sexy on me, and then you sent me that video screaming in Arabic. I'm like, uh, she's got a little moxie that one. Yeah, but, because you know, because Arabic, it's a it's a very old language, ancient language, and it's very hard because the language that you speak, it's different than the language you write. So the way you write, you have to study at school. And then you go among people like, okay, they're not talking the same language. What the hell is happening now? <laughs> so I can correct my husband when he's talking Arabic. He's like, what the hell? You're not even Lebanese. I say, shut up, I am. I'm Lebanese, I'm Armenian, I'm Canadian, I'm everything, you know? Well, now we're so, getting back to David. We don't want to skip on the. David is, uh, yeah. So he winds up editing your whole book. He edited the book, and now I'm going to publish. This is uh, a guy who the money. in the American version, Yellow Pages. Yeah. So I go, he says, there's a good comp publishing company, Tell Well, you can publish with them. I go to my husband, I say, you know what? Every time you give me money to go to the market, I put aside from that. So I have like $2,000 aside. He says, how did you? I say, I put aside, you know, $30, $40, $50, I put aside. And I said, I want to publish my book. He said, how much it costs? I said, you know what? I don't want you to worry about it. Just sell my car. And at these 12 years, we're starting to do okay. Because when I say okay, when you have a roof, when you have food, you're healthy, that's okay. So he started doing his own car sailing projects and on his own before he wasn't. So I was like, go, you can do it, go for it. So it was like, and he said to me, if I could marry a celebrity from there, surely I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold my car and I sent it to the publishing company. They were nice. They published the book. And the day that my book came, ah, by the way, while I was writing the book, everybody was like, you're writing a book? <laughs> okay. You're writing a book? People in Canada. Yeah, yeah you're writing a book. You have no children. People in Canada, your friends or just... Yeah, yeah. friends, family, Canada, outside Canada, because... And it took you 12 yeah, years. It took you 12 years to write this book. Yeah, because yeah. for me... All the while, you're living a regular life. You're out of the glamour, no money. Nothing. Everything. Nothing. Okay. And it's like zero. So Got I sell my car. 12 years of this. Yeah, I sell my car and... After that, like within this period of time, the only person who's like my husband, you want to publish a book, go ahead. I said, okay, no. So the thing is that he doesn't understand me, what I do, but he loves me. And that's what I need. I don't want anybody to understand me. If I want, 
I go to a life coach. The way that I am a life coach today. I want someone to, when you love a person, you understand them. You don't have to understand everything they do. You just have to embrace them. And that's what he does. And that's what I appreciate in him. Because I cannot be with the version like myself. Oh, that's bad. So I was probably. But, but, but don't sell yourself a little short there. You gave up a lot for him. Yeah, but I'm being humble. You're being very humble. Somebody, <laughs> not, somebody who you're not, who you were not used to being. Because yeah, because. I'm listening to all of these things that you've had, all these hurdles that you've jumped over, all the things that you've been through in your life, and then you get very successful. Just like a guy in the life in Cosa Nostra, you had a second phone, you had a sugar daddy, you had all of that, and then you turn around and you take on the Sugar daddies, plural pants. Just using it as, we'll put the one that was waiting for you by your mother's restaurant. You know, you were living this whole lifestyle just as we lived in Cosa Nostra, and you gave it all up to live a simple life sleeping on the floor in Canada to this day, a language you still haven't learned. I think that he should love you for who you are. I think. You oh yeah, he does. <laughs> but the thing is that when, when you come and say to someone, I'm going to publish a book and you're not like, you don't have the contact. You are like no one. I mean, when I went to Walmart here the first time I went like, he says to me, come, come. And I'm putting stuff. He's like, you don't do that. You read the price. I say, price what? He says, the price. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, and the price. I'm like, why? He says, okay, from now on, I do the shopping. <laughs> and, and, and everywhere I go, they're like, oh, Natalie's here. He's like, I go and I have to stand in line. I mean, what the hell is happening? I started missing the easy things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because when you say, I'm so happy with the simple life, I'm happy with the comfort, inner comfort. But there were easy things that I didn't, I didn't have because there everybody spoiled me, pampered me. I didn't have that. I started missing it. So uh, I didn't want the pain back. I just want the comfort. But with that comfort, the human mind is so tricky and evil that makes you for that, that with that comfort came so many things that you had to pay the price for. You just remember the good things when you are in need of that. So I stand in line at Walmart and whatever, whatever. So in the meantime, I published the book. I published the book with them. And they said, okay, we are sending two reviewers for, for the stars. I say, stars are for hotels. They no, 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 it's for books. Oh, okay. Um, they send, they say, you have to have a publisher, publicist. And I say, okay. And um, they said you had, a, you had to have a publicist or a publisher? Publicist, publisher, sorry, publicist, not a publisher. And the publicist, the first one that suggested David, again, my uh, editor, uh, he's an amazing person. He's, he's one of the best. I mean, he's the best editor ever. I can never go with anybody else. I'm saying this. This is how you found the yellow passion. pages. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, I don't believe that it's your fourth language. I say it's the mindset, I think, maybe. So he said, go with these people. They are amazing. It's Trisha Stevenson. It was in Los Angeles. And I went with them and they send it to reviewers, my book. So what I had to do is just send my book and post it to them, post it to them, post it to them, post it to them. And they're like four stars, five stars, four stars, five stars. <gasps> and I say, well, it's good five stars, right? It's like hotels because I cannot like Brazil Arab have seven stars. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. And it's from India, it's from Switzerland, it's from Canada, Australia, <gasps> this is amazing. And then it was like three months after that, Again, I had to go for another publicist. I say, 
who's my, what am I gonna do? And they find this beautiful, amazing, amazing publicist in New York. And her name is Annie Jennings. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go with her. Because I see that she's so impressive. I call, hi, uh, can I get an, I told myself that I'm still living in Lebanon, Arab world, you know? Uh, can I have an interview, a, a, a phone call? No, no, you have to get an appointment. So I get the appointment and she gives me a price which is like, oh, way above what I'm expecting. I said, I love what you're doing. Please help me, help me in some way. I don't have that money. She's, she's like, uh, send me your synopsis. All I can do is look at it. Thank you so much for your time. And she hung up the phone. I'm like, seriously, I wanna go with this girl. She's amazing. After three days, I got an email. She emailed me back. She said, you are the first female public figure from Lebanon and the Arab world. Who is the bridge from there to the rest of the world? I'm going to be your publicist and I'm going to promote the book. I'm like, what, really? How, but I have like this amount of money. She's asking like amount of money like this. Mine is like this. I don't have any other money. She says, it's okay. We're going to work with that. And she helped me take the next step. And it was amazing. She told me, she taught me within these three next months how to say for the first time ever in my life when somebody asks me the question, have you ever been raped? And they're then saying, I came and I became a, very popular on TV as an actress because my father was on stage, Armenian stage, saying something else, which is really me without the mask on, without being somebody who people want to see. But the person I want to be, I said, yes, I have been raped. Yes, I have been seen rude people. Yes, I have been used and I have used others for my profit, for my benefit, like two-way go-go thing, but I did it, I did it. So my mind was shifting, but it was so hard to shift it from being like this lady that she inspires the world to be like very talented, amazing on the camera, like to stand up as if I am be being judged one of the witches of Salem and somebody is going to put the torch and burn me up and I'm gonna be burned. But I have to confess. But that confession was like, okay, I have it. Then what? And the first time was hard, but then it was okay. Because I'm like, I'm a woman who knows how to love. I'm a woman who knows the difference between being used and being loved. And they just, I don't know how. And then I, be, uh, I did a, blo a blog tour in England and my book, well, I had thir 13 blog tours with uh, uh, Garrett Howard and with uh, here with uh, Chris, uh, Janice Kirchner. And I got the first award for my book. In the finalist, it was one of the 11. Wow. And I didn't even know. It was like everybody speaking their own language. It's their first language, English. It's my fourth. I was shocked. And here the embassy calls me, the Lebanese embassy and somebody who is related to cultural events. He's Lebanese, his name is Roland Dick. And through messenger, he's like, I saw that you have an award. Where do you live? Do you live in Lebanon or in Canada? Because I'm a person who's like, 
indoor person don't go out a lot. No. I say, I'm in Canada. Why? He says, because you are the first woman in Canada from Lebanon who had an award being an author female. So I'm going to help you and promote you and do a book launch for you. What? Wow. It's not happening. I mean, I'm here for children. <laughs> so I, I realized that and we do the book launch. We did a amazing book launch that half of the people I don't know. And then Amazon adapted my book, making it audible. And I thank a lot my uh, narrator, Nico Rene. And that's funny because when I called Amazon, they contacted me through an interviewer. I said, hello, I'm an author and you want to do audible my book, but what does that mean? How is it done? I didn't know. I love it's how not you wrong everything. not to know what everything's so raw and so right. You yeah, know, because you, you know what? So much respect by telling your story the way you told it instead of hiding from it with the glamour. You told your story, you stood by it, and it was real. And you probably got a lot more respect that way. And because you just call people like your co author, your, your editor at the Yellow Pages, and now, you know, Google to find out how do you, you know, publish a book. and how to write a book in your fourth language and turn it into a novel from almost an autobiography that you were just sitting around. There was a lot of respect there. And I, I must com I commend you for that. And that th these are great things that you did there. And I could just imagine what Amazon must have thought when you told them you wanted them to do your audible. You, they were the kindest people ever. I said to them, I'm sorry, I don't know. Can you help me too? I swear to God, Anthony, they stayed with me on the phone like over one hour and 40 minutes. And they helped me. And I sent the book audition to everybody. And I found somebody, oh my God, Nicole Renee. And it, she flew all the way from Ohio to my book launch from United States. And I was like, this is not happening. And people from parliament came to the book launch. I don't know them. Yeah. I just thought to say in, in French, bienvenue, merci beaucoup, tu es très gentil, vous êtes très gentil. And my friends like, say like that, say like that, say like that. And I'm cutting a cake and the red carpet. And I'm like, it's not happening to me. I mean, I left this behind. But then I realized it's not fame. This time it's a vocation. It's a message because the higher voice inside me is guiding people to learn from what I've done, not because I'm smarter, because I didn't choose to be born there. I didn't choose to be like Armenian from the genocide born in an Arab world where I have a different accent, it's my third language, and then come here, fall in love with someone, totally stranger. But I choose to, if I didn't get a challenge done, it's like, okay, it's fine, I'll go to the next. And, and then after that, I studied and got my degree as a life coach. Now, all the while, let everybody know, you got this nursing degree just sitting there doing nothing. Nothing. My nursing degree. And what it helped me for? Never even drew a pint of blood. I do everything. I can do everything. And and what happened is that is that here in Canada, because we wait a long time, sometimes when we go to the hospital, I know how to do what to do, even how to change stitches, how to remove them, because it's like this is from God. Why? I would have said like that. I would have said like how stupid I am. How stupid I am. But you've never done it as a job. Never. Never. Did but you, I did a stage 11 months. I did in the hospitals, like going there with my nails yeah. to cut your nails. 
Yeah. You have to, uh, okay, I do it, I do it, I do it. But you know, they look at my lips like, and you were on the one on TV, the stage doctors, because the other groups have told them also. Right. But it, it ended up well that I got my degree with amazing grades and life coach, I did it. And a uh, couple of months ago, my book, it's like being sold. I said, it's not this, it's going to be a TV series. Not because it's not a story. And I know it's going to be a TV series because it's the voices of so many women, Anthony, they, they don't dare to stand up for themselves. They don't dare to speak up for themselves. I spoke up for them, not only my voice, I changed all the names, including mine, because it is based on my true life events, but also talks about them. That's why I called my book masks, like remove it, remove your mask and be yourself. Because a lot of people said, like I see here, even in everyday life, it's not about being celebrity. It's not being rich. It's not about being famous. It's not being successful the way people think it is. Like, oh, the success is when you are, oh, I'm comfortable where I am. That's success. That's when somebody comes and hits you with something, a truth. You don't need no shield. You say, you know what? That's me, so what? I'm okay with that. That's success. Because you're okay with who you are. And and my book got two awards. This is the first one. Yeah. And this is the second. And I said that- I'm still waiting for my autographed copy. I, I don't know. What, is it coming Pony Express? No, 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 because I ordered it. I mean, it has been more than three weeks. I'm gonna show it on Amazon so you will see that how long it takes. Okay, because I'm still waiting for my personalized. Yeah, even though uh, you didn't say that uh, you were very interested, but I push it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you didn't remember oh, camera, that's why. Oh, no, I believe you. But now it's oh, been a yeah. while. I think I'm... we spoke about it over a month ago and you can't even yeah. remember. I see. Because I'm a dork, that's why. <laughs> so, so, so. Wait, they turned it into a miniseries. Am I correct? That I wanted to because I worked, I talked with two producers in, in the States because I said, being the first female public figure from there, talking about royal family things, about literary, about, I mean, your value being your virginity. Your value is like what you see prettiness and glamour on screen. It's not about that. It's they judge you. It's they assault you. They put you down. What happens? What are private parties? What does that do, do to you? And what is like, what is, what is the passion? Where, where do you stand? And why it has to be a series? Everybody wants to make, everybody thinks that what they write is amazing. And that's amazing. It's yeah. like everything in life. Everybody who does something says, oh, this is it. But is it any different from things that others do? Not, it's not a competition. It's something that who you're gonna inspire, who is your audience and what your audience is going to take. How many people will get a knife and run in the streets to kill people? None, they'd be scared, but everybody wants to do something behind screens to become famous. Every girl wants that. If they're pretty enough, if they are attractive enough, they would. And today I celebrate yesterday, my 13 years, with my lovely husband, who is my everything. If I go back in time, I do the same because he has been my 
love and my greatest redemption. He's my church. Within I spew, I spew everything. I, 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 I talk to him as a friend and he sees me like in my craziest moments. And we come from different backgrounds. And when I go and I say, oh, the war in Artsakh is happening. I stood there and I'm like, I have to be with humanity. Stop killing. He's not like that, but he supports me because I, I'm saying like, they say, oh, she's an activist. Of course, I'm an activist for humanity. Of course, because we are human beings. It's not about preaching. It's about what you do, how you apply it. You see, women empowerment, how happy you are at home to empower others. What have you been through to empower others? It's not about judging, but don't do things which are being branded. Do things which are authentic. Don't even use the word authentic. If you come to me and you say, okay, empower me. How good am I going to be like a mom? I'm saying, you know what? I know nothing about that. Don't come to me because I have never been a mom. I'd say it. But Every video you send me, I can't wait to open. I'm like, oh, I now we sent something. I got to sit down for this one. Like after I seen the first one, now that you sent, you know that now that you got me, I guess on your list, I keep getting them. I'm like, all right, I got to sit down after dinner. I got to watch this one. This is just yeah. when you pop open. And it's like, there's a there was a different person than who I seen in the interview. And I respect that about you. You know, you know, because each and every situation in our lives comes a different Natalie out of me because I have this Armenian Natalie who is loyal to her nation, to her people. And if I couldn't be loyal to my people, to my nation, to my roots, I cannot give and appreciate and give to others. It starts from within me. It starts from my roots, not to forget who I am, how Armenian I am, what my grandparents had been through and not take it as anger, but to feel proud, to give the best image, which I have ruined in some ways, but stood up. I mean, what if I didn't have children? And now the funny part is that after this book came out, I said, I know, until today, I know, Anthony, that this book is going to be a movie. It's not a movie. It has to be a TV series because women will see that something they never seen because when I have these interviews in the States and Australia, they're like, okay, do you sit on camels? I'm like, what? Because they don't know anything because the media gives them this. A certain perspective. Harder. Yeah, where you come from. Dark, That's where everything. they come from. They don't even know that Lebanon is the most open place in the world for surgeries, for fashion, for everything. We're the first person to get it. And, but they show what they want people to see in order to pull them apart. That's why, because we are scared of things we don't know. That's why I, I say, you want to see the pain? Let's put the real pain to people. Let's show them the real pain of women. Let's show them what we go through and say that even though there are bad men, but there are good men like my husband who can embrace you for who you are but nothing comes perfectly. There is no perfect life. Like people say, please don't take my picture. Don't do those stuff. Please stop it, stop it. We all wanted to our pictures to be taken. <laughs> a lot of people like saw me on the streets. They said like, oh, you look like the one on TV, Natalie, but uh, she's prettier. Uh, because <laughs> then I wasn't makeup. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing is that Anthony, it's like this story, when it comes to the screen, 
it will show it is a coaching story for women, not as one, two, three, four, five, six. No, because when a girl at her age 12 been bullied, then raped, then hiding it, going through pain, not being born in her own country, how to embrace others, how to be embraced by others, her struggles, and how she wanted to be happy and whatever, and go back to normal life. Why would she do that? All this, it's not the story itself. It's the mindset of every woman that we see things differently. We see success differently. But the way that you come out of it and the retributions that comes within. And it's very important to say that if somebody hasn't been in rape, they cannot empower you. They cannot coach you. They cannot tell you about it. They don't know the feeling. They don't know how it feels on your skin. They don't know how it feels to be touched and not wanting to be touched. I don't cry about that, but I'm strong enough to say that it's the sexual adventures. It crushes, it kills a part of you. And I tell you today that, oh, I live the rest of my life like having no... Uh, no problems from my past i have i'm gonna have that my whole life but i have them but now they are like gifts why because it's like the things that i am training with i never do i, I hate exercising and sports last <laughs> 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 time when we spoke i'm like wait a second what's she doing here and she started exercising and like it's, it's a genetic thing thank god but uh, but for me even if i was fat i wouldn't do because for me food is amazing i don't care about my weight what i care for is how i feel about myself and and the thing is that when i see a lot of people who are talking about redemption especially women i say they are pulling us apart and i'm the first bridge i say to women in women in middle east stand up but they cannot stand up canada gave me that chance and that's why i want the west to give me this chance to make it a tv series because they will be judged there they will be judged there. They cannot stand up and say, you know what? I'm standing up. Somebody this, did, did this to me. They're not there yet. The system does not do that because the system is male. And that's a problem. The broken system still. Yeah. And the thing is that the fear, the fear of losing things they have in life. I have nothing to lose because I have gained things and lost things. Gained things and lost things. And the things that I've gained now... The most important thing is my bravery. I'm brave because I'm weak. That's beautiful. Now, and I can't. How many books have you sold to date? Uh, it has been over 1,000. Great. Uh, but uh, I mean, because of... Uh, you can get it besides Amazon on audio. Nothing. I just buy and send to you guys. No, I've never made money. Are because you in Barnes & Noble? No. Are you in any bookstores? Are you yes, in I am in... No, not in bookstores. It's all online. Everything's online. Do you have yeah, your it's, it's Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Indigo, and Chapters, all online. When you go online, you can uh, find the book Masks by Natalie Restokian. It's uh, Amazon and uh, Audible. Great. <laughs> I was like, how do you do it? It's been such a pleasure. I, I loved having you on. Um, you're brave. You're an inspiration. You know how I feel behind every great man is a great woman. That's my thoughts on it. You know how much I support what you do with what every woman does. And um, 
that stands up. And I come from a world where I've heard things now since I left the life that, you know, people fail and then they don't get back up. And I'm like, but in the life I come from, all we do is fail. And you're judged by how you get back up and pull yourself back up and what you do with that next step. And, but I've done that my whole life. I don't understand the other part where people say, you know, people fail and they give up. No, I get onto the next page and the next story. And that's what you did with your life. And I want to commend you with that. And congratulations on your anniversary and giving a regular guy a shot. And uh, I loved having you on and we wish you nothing but success and great things in your future. And um, thank you for coming on. And we're going to check in with you if it goes to a series. And I, and I want to say thank you. And it's so amazing what you're doing, Anthony, because uh, it's uh, being graceful and being uh, respectful to others. And that's amazing. And I believe that people who say I have failed, they have really have nothing else to do in life because there is no failure in life. Failure is when you give up. There, these are lessons. And I think that uh, nothing will be handed to us and I came to Canada. Uh, I think that uh, I'm not a religious person, but I want to just cover it, cover everything and uh, wrap it up with this thing that uh, I say all the time that uh, I ask all the time, if I got a chance at real love, somebody loves me for who I am, I'm ready to do anything. And it seems that he joked with me, like uh, the guy in the clouds. Uh, I sell you to him, our Lord. And and he gave me someone to love me, but he comes again with a package. No money, no power, no education, no children. But guess what? I got love. And when you really love, you are strong. And, and people don't take these words like for granted. Don't use it like you're just throwing away uh, words like, ah, I love you. It's a big word. It comes with sacrifice. I think that it's very iconic to be who you are, right. but don't use that word. Don't use that word if you don't really do it. And please don't give up on your goals because if that goal doesn't work, move to another one. It means that it's not for you. There will right. always be something else. Thank you. Thank you very much. And with that, guys, this is our end of our first episode. I just want everybody to know we're in the social club, so it's going to be a social club scene. If you hear things in the background, if you see people walking around getting coffees, that's where we are. Coffee. That's where we are. That's where we'll be filming, and this is how the new show is going to be. And uh, I'm so delightful that I've had Miss Rostokia. Rostokian. Rostokia. Rostokian. You have to say it. I don't chop it up. Rostokian. Yeah, oh, you know how to say it. No, because when I called you before, I was messing with you. Rostokian. <laughs> I wanted to see if you caught it. No, Miss Natalie Rostokian, great award-winning author. And we wish her nothing but the best. And well, thank you for joining us on this first episode. And uh, we'll be back. Stay up, guys.